Hello, you sexy podcast listener. What you are about to hear contains spoilers and some very naughty language from two naughty boys. Please listen responsibly or end up like Mr. Takagi. It's time for Beer Me a Movie. I'm Dave Michaels. I'm Brian Betts. And this is the show where me and Brian go back and forth, just surprising each other week after week with what we're going to watch the following week. So realistically, if you really want the thrill of the show, just go to like, I don't know, two-thirds <laughs> the way through. The rest yeah, is just filler. Like the last 10, 20 minutes, and then you'll be like, oh, cool, that's what they're talking about next week. It's like the MCU of podcasts. The most exciting part is the part that happens when we're done. Exactly. The, the most exciting part is the thing that leads to the next thing. It's right. not so much, you know, the content itself. It's, we're building a surprise? universe of excitement about what's next week. That's right. This show is pretty much just based on constant edging. This is tantric podcasting, where we keep <laughs> you by the balls the entire time until we beer you some whatever it is we're going to beer <laughs> I don't care about the Facebook movie. What are you talking about next week? I guarantee there's someone out there who's like that, though. That's like the only reason oh, yeah. they tune in. And you know what? That's why we appreciate you. Exactly. Thank you. <laughs> Thank you so much. For understanding our conceptual podcast about the, the excitement of the last five minutes. Exactly. Brian, this was your pick. You beard it us was. a movie. Why don't you enlighten us with what you have beard our ears? Oh, yeah. I have beard the collective you, the, the royal you. Is it royal? I don't know. I, I know there's the royal we, but I, I imagine, you know, third person. Uh, just, let's just go with it. The royal <laughs> you. Okay. <laughs> I have beard the masses. David Fincher's 2010 movie, The Social Network. I feel like offended for Aaron fucking Sorkin that you didn't bring him up in that Honestly, little brief intro there. Like, I, I just I feel like he should sue you right now. Deserves most of the credit for this movie, probably. Oh, 100% he does. Uh, even because like this movie is a film adapted from a book. However, the book was being written at the same time as the screenplay. So it's like, was it adapted? What came first, the chicken or the... Did he win an Oscar for this? He got the adapted screenplay. Okay, thank God. I'll say, this is King's Speech year. So this is a weird year. It's a very weird year. With the little golden boy. Yeah. You've seen this thing before, obviously. I have seen this thing before. It's a fantastic movie. I don't think that's... I don't think I'm surprising anybody by saying that. Not telling any tales out of school there. People know they, they've heard of the social network and Mr. Jesse Eisenberg and et cetera, et cetera. You've seen this, right? I have. I've seen this one a few times and I actually go back to it every now and then. And I don't know why. Like, it, it feels like it's not one of those movies that I should be going back to as often as I do, but I find right. myself it, going back to it probably once a year, maybe twice a year. Yeah. Well, as you're watching, it doesn't feel like it has that kind of rewatchability, but every time I watch it, I'm like, God, it's so good. It really is so good, man. So. Now we got to tear it down, right? Them's the rules. Them's the rules. I'm so curious to see how this one's going to score. And I sincerely mean that. Like, yeah, this I'm is a weird actually... one that I know that we both like, so it could score really high, but I also feel like we're going to try to be realistic with it and try to knock it yeah. down a few pegs. We, we might be a little hard on I it. I don't know, fact. man. I don't Who know. Knows? Do you want to just get into it? Yes, please. 
All right, we start off with story and motivation, the first category in our our IBS scale. Give me some IBS. Let's give you some International bitter score? The Irreversible in, bastardization scale? Uh, something or other? I have completely forgotten what it stands for. And it was definitely a week ago. Inverse bitterness. Sure. <laughs> it might just be the inverse bitterness scale, score. I don't know. Phil, so we, we do appreciate you. We, yeah, yeah, it was a good idea. It just it didn't have the stickiness. It doesn't have the stickiness. That the name needed. Yeah, you know what? We need to drop the. <laughs> you shouldn't joke about it's that. It's no longer the IBS. It's IBS. Vincent Vassoffer made that joke already on Facebook. He oh, said, really? fantastic movie, but they really should drop the from social network. It would clean it up a lot. <laughs> Our first category is story and motivation, and we pull the plot right off of Wikipedia so you can read along at home. On October 28th, 2003, 19-year-old Harvard University sophomore Mark Zuckerberg, played by Jesse fucking Eisenberg, is dumped by his girlfriend. Erica Albright, who's played by Rooney fucking Mara. Did Jesse Eisenberg act? I can't tell. I think I read an interview with him that he said, like, this was one of the hardest ones, one of the hardest roles he's ever had to perform because it, he didn't have to act as much. He's like, there's certain parts of my personality that I don't like to use. And for this movie, I had to use. You had to really dive in deep to it. <laughs> Spoiler alert. Mark Zuckerberg. Not a good dude. Kind of a weirdo, too. I feel okay saying that. We're, we uh, record these things via Zoom, so Facebook isn't even open right now, so this is fine. Yeah, We're no, allowed to say no anything we want knowing. about it. We oh. completely shut it down. I do have my watch and phone on, though, so he might, he might hear something. Zuckerberg sees all. He does see all. Did you ever see The Social Dilemma, the documentary? I did. And it yeah. freaked me the fuck out? It's, uh, it's kind of crazy, because they're like, technically, your phone's not listening to you. But Facebook and Google know so much about you that they know exactly what you're going to do anyway. It's creepy. It's absolutely insane. I don't want them to know what I'm going to do. Like, even I don't know what I'm going to do most of the time. And yet, Zuckerberg's already got you figured out. He's got it completely figured out, man. He's like, oh, I, I know exactly what ad to serve you at this moment of the day. Me undies again? <laughs> I have enough underwear, Zuck. Zuck, get off my ass literally. <laughs> Returning to his dorm, Zuckerberg writes an insulting post about Albright on his Live Journal blog. <laughs> remember those? Hey, remember Live Journal? Oh, man. I 100% had a Live Journal, and man, I'm glad that it is lost to the abyss because that is probably some of the most cringeworthy stuff to ever revisit. Was it like just emo shit from you? Yeah, probably. Just like I mean, your feelings. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. From like. Senior year of high school, freshman year of college, kind of just not fun stuff. Is Live Journal gone? Like forever? I don't know. I thought it was, but who who knows for sure? I just went to LiveJournal.com. It's still a site for what okay, that's I mean, worth. That's, that's something. So I guess if you listen to this, head over to LiveJournal.com and for the love of your own life, get rid of your own history on there. For sure. Like... Oh, I forgot my password. Get that link. Get in there and clear it out. He creates a campus website called FaceMash by hacking into college databases to steal photos of female students, then allowing site visitors to rate their attractiveness. He, like, hacks into every individual dormitory's system and just pulls all the pictures off of there and does it while he's live journaling. Live journaling and drinking. And the part that bugged me about this is that 
yeah, it's a lot of douchey guys who are kind of judging this thing, and the girls are getting yeah. really offended by it. Yeah. He could have completely cleaned up had he pulled the guys' pictures, too. It probably would have been easier, And just done a switcheroo on it with the gals yeah. doing the, the mashing up. He would have gotten twice the hits. Would have shut down the entire campus network in half the time. Exactly. Maybe he's not that smart of a guy. Missed opportunity. Or he's just that much of a weirdo pervert. Yeah, he could care. be that much of just like a chauvinist that he was just, I didn't even think about rating the attractiveness of dudes. That's because if his face popped up, they'd be like, where's the button for punchable? There, there is that. He probably was scared to do a male <laughs> version because he didn't want to see where he ranked. Because he literally just got dumped. <laughs> Look, event, what he really wanted to do was compare farm animals to, to women at Harvard. So, yeah, at least he didn't go with that I one. guess that's true. <laughs> Also, why does each individual dorm have a different system set up for their online Facebook or whatever? I don't know. It was a different time, man. It's just weird that each dorm, you're telling me each dorm hired a different person to set up their system? They didn't no, go it is Harvard. It Someone did it just in there. Like room 211 is the mastermind behind all this. <laughs> uh, it's like that one guy on DC++ who has just gigabytes of porn. He's the guy where if you go knock on his door, he opens it, the room's way too hot. And you know exactly what I mean by that. <laughs> I do. <laughs> I do. We've all known that one guy where he opens the dorm room and it's way too hot. Why is it so hot in there? <laughs> I don't, what are you doing in there? What? Are, you know what? Don't answer. I don't think I want to know. <laughs> That's just the CPUs, the heat, the friction. Take your pick. <laughs> I'm running an entire server in here, all right? <laughs> That's the reason you can download an entire Metallica episode. Episode? Album. That's what they call them. That's what they in, used to call them back in, in the day. 15 seconds, even though the internet's not that fast in 2003. Do you like the episode Ride the Lightning? Perfect. I'll hook you up with my hot room. It's a great episode. <laughs> After traffic to the site crashes parts of Harvard's computer network, Zuckerberg is given six months of academic probation. However, Face Mash's popularity attracts the attention of twins Cameron and Tyler Winklevoss, played by Army Hammer and Army Hammer. Fucking? Nope. His kid sucked on his toe, and it's weird. Also, he's a cannibal. Like a proper cannibal? I don't know. He he sent some weird some weird messages. Some some ladies got kind of canceled because he wanted to eat people. Well, they made a whole documentary about him called like House of Hammer or something like that. It's like that's not a good thing. For That's, someone to make a documentary about you, it's not a good thing, typically. Generally, if you're being documentized while you're still alive, you did yeah, something you did real something bad. bad. Or, like, if you're really old. Like, Man on Wire right. is a cool documentary, but he was really oh, old. Yeah. Which That's means fair. he did something really cool back in the day. If you're still young, and they're just like, <laughs> we're going to make a documentary about you. Your kid sucks on your weird toe, right? All right, we'll do that. If you're in, like, your late 20s, early 30s, and they're like, we're going to do a documentary about you, it's like, maybe watch what you're sliding to the dm saying it's like what did you do to qualify for this documentary there's like three things you could have done <laughs> rape and murder no one found the body right kid sucked on your toe and you cannibalized something <laughs> or you slender man probably yeah, that, those are those are the three things i feel like slender manning kind of falls into the rape and murder category i don't know what a slender man is so that's <laughs> you're probably right <laughs> <laughs> so really two things the two, two things. things you either killed or got killed or your army hammered. There it is. So the Winklevi and their business partner, Divya Narendra, played by Max Minghella. Give him a fucking, he's actually really good Max at this. Max fucking Minghella. He's, he's great. He's, he's very angry. 
He's the, the most angry. Movie. He's way more angry than the Winklevoss twins are. I recently learned in researching for this that he's also English and Max not Miguel like is. American. Yeah. Well, yeah. His name would confuse you. His uh, his full name is Max Giorgio Choa Mingela. Of course it is. So uh, that screams Indian. <laughs> D- Divya Narendra. <laughs> Apparently Aziz Ansari auditioned for this role and obviously did not get it. And he was very upset that they cast a non-Indian in the role. Aziz would have been very distracting in this. Especially with like twins. Be like, you look like the other one! <laughs> Why are there two of you? Keep your toes away from my mouth, please! <laughs> yeah, Aziz likes to do other things with, with the, the fingers down the throat. The, what? Is that a thing? Everybody in this movie's been canceled for a weird sex thing. You haven't heard about this? No, what did Aziz do? Oh, uh, he, was, he was aggressive. Sticking his fingers down some some nice girl's throat and don't do that. Don't don't do that. Jesse Eisenberg has never been canceled. First of That's all, That's true. Well, he's never had sex. Either, I was gonna say so. it's hard to get canceled for sex things when you might be a virgin. I don't know. It's it's hard telling, not knowing. He's an interesting dude. He's got a lot of nervous energy around him. I agree, but I can't imagine him ever having sex. Like, do you know people like that? I do know a few people like that, and no, I can't picture them either. I'd rather not. They fall in that Eisenberg camp. It'd be like like a nature documentary where it's just like very focused, quick, get it done, get it out of there. You know? <laughs> I guess so. There's a hole in the wall or something. <laughs> Next week on How Eisenberg Fucks. <laughs> Watch as the Jesse approaches the hole. Turns out he actually has like a full sex dungeon and he's a freak. Yeah, well, I mean, that's the other that's the other side of it. He's either not doing it at all or just doing so it the much most. of it. Like an yeah. insane no, amount. Nobody is having as much sex as Jesse Eisenberg. And who knew? Who could have known? Who could have known? It's all that that weird OCD nervous energy. Like Revenge of the Nerds. You got to you got to probably it somewhere. fucks real good because that's all nerds ever think about. <laughs> so there you go. Lady who listens to this show, probably. <laughs> <laughs> the one of you that's that's still here. You know who you are. <laughs> there's a few out there. It's weird. There's, there's it's always weird. One. And you know what? Thanks for joining us on this on this journey. It's going to get super weird. The trio invites Zuckerberg to work on Harvard Connection, a social network exclusive to Harvard students and aimed at dating. Get connected. For free, free at Harvard Connection. At Harvard Connection. Connection. I don't remember that. That was weird. The tight jeans yeah. in the vans. Oh. You're like, I'm, how I'm could digging you ever this. Forget? I might. I might do Education Connection. She's there. Get connected for free. Free. <laughs> Zuckerberg approaches his friend Eduardo Saverin, played by Andrew fucking Garfield, with an idea for the Facebook, a social networking website that would be exclusive to Ivy League students. Sounds an awful lot like that Harvard Connection thing from a second ago. It does. Super elitist. Saverin provides $1,000 in seed funding, allowing Zuckerberg to build a website, which quickly becomes popular. Well, good. Good for you. <laughs> it became popular. Popular. I like how he like comes up with this weird idea about the relationship status, and that's what makes him like run out of class and launch right. the site live. It's like, that's the one thing, huh? It's just like sitting somewhere, and one of his, his classmates comes up, and he's like, people don't just walk around holding a sign that says if they're available. <gasps> that's it. And then he runs home, and he turns, he turns Facebook into a dating website, even though he said that it's not a dating website, and that's what makes it different from the Harvard Connection. It is a little bit different. A little bit. Kind not of much. He's like, 
It's, not like, it's not a dating site. It's a it's a social interaction site. Oh, you know what I should add? Relationships dating somebody or not. <laughs> when they learn of the Facebook, the Winklevoss twins and Narendra are incensed, believing that Zuckerberg stole their idea while misleading them by stalling development on the Harvard Connection website. There is a major, major, major lack of urgency from the Winklevoss twins and Narendra. How they're just like, oh, this guy doesn't want to say anything to us. Zuckerberg just keeps sending excuses at some point. Like, you're on a college campus. You're How hard can it be to find? Probably going to bump into these people multiple times per day. Yeah. Like, I'm thinking back my college days. There are people I didn't know that I would pass every single day, and I'm not going to bother with them. At the same time, knowing that you pass these people several times a day, it's probably easy to pick out the six foot twins and avoid them probably not wrong when you put it that way (laughs) (laughs) oh i gotta stay away from those two giant men who look the same you want to know what i hate about army hammer (laughs) please do tell there's a lot yeah that's fair Uh, his voice just bugs the hell out of me he his voice doesn't match his body it does not match it at all like he looks like he should be kind of like rob gronkowski like a goofball yeah and instead, it's just a robot man. Just a, like like he's Harvard educated or something. I hate it. It's awful. You're not supposed to look like that and also be, I don't know, Harvard? <laughs> yeah. Yes. They raised their complaint with Harvard president Larry Summers, who's played by Douglas Urbanski, who is dismissive and sees no value in disciplinary action on the Facebook or Zuckerberg. Saying that he's dismissive is kind of, Putting it real lightly, this guy hates these twins. All right, I actually have a quote from the real Lawrence Summers, okay, the actual Harvard president. He saw the film and said the portrayal of his meeting with the Winklevoss twins was, quote, fairly accurate. I love it. He went on to say that one of the things you learn as a college president is that if an undergraduate is wearing a tie and jacket on Thursday afternoon at three o'clock, there are two possibilities. One is that they're looking for a job and they have an interview. The other is that they're an asshole. <laughs> This was the latter case. <laughs> oh, man. If it weren't for, like, grades and money and prestige, I would totally go to Harvard just for Larry right? Summers. Like, <laughs> yeah, if it weren't for, like, the, the whole getting in part, I definitely would have gone hang out with Larry. Absolutely. It's my favorite thing. My favorite quote to ever come out of Harvard. <laughs> if an undergrad's wearing a tie at 3 o'clock on a Thursday, they're either looking for a job or they're an asshole. Nailed it. Perfect. Saverin and Zuckerberg... Meet fellow student Christy Lee, played by Brenda fucking Song, who asks them to Facebook me, a phrase that impresses Ooh, them. Look at that, like, the oh, brand we, recognition. We just became a verb. We're doing this thing. As the Facebook grows in popularity, Zuckerberg expands the network to Yale, Columbia, and Stanford. Stanford, not Ivy League. Not Ivy League. It's a bold move. It is, but it's a really smart move from Eduardo, because he's like, yes, we got to get that shit to Palo Alto. They got to see us over in Palo Alto. It's a good business move. One of the few from the from CFO. Eduardo Saverin. <laughs> Lee arranges for Saverin and Zuckerberg to meet Napster co-founder Sean Parker, played by Justin fucking Timberlake. He's so good in this, too. He's so good. Guys, there was a time when it was a lot of fun to rip on Justin Timberlake for his music, for his acting, et cetera, et cetera. The man is delightful, and everything he touches is gold. Let's, it's time to face it. It's annoying, isn't it? It really is. I feel like, like after he did Social Network, everyone's like, oh, you can act a little bit. And then he did Dick in a Box, and everyone's like, 
God damn it. Okay, we all like Timberlake so now. Good. And we also like everything he used to do now, too, because, God, it's good. It's so good. <laughs> it's annoying how good it is. Yeah. Suit and tie? Come on. Get out of here. This guy. <laughs> you know what? Justin Timberlake fucks enough for himself and Jesse Eisenberg. <laughs> That's very fair. Sean Parker presents a billion-dollar vision for the Facebook. Zuckerberg is impressed, but Saverin dismisses him as paranoid and delusional. Which is a very good read. It's extremely good on, on Eduardo's part. Well, it's a good read, especially because he hasn't done anything paranoid or delusional yet. And the second he says, I think he's paranoid and delusional, that's when he starts doing paranoid and delusional things. It's almost like they were like, oh, we need to make him paranoid and delusional now that we said it in the script. It makes us, like, retroactively say, like, oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, the Napster guy is kind of a dick. Parker also suggests renaming the site to Facebook. Drop the the. It's cleaner. It is cleaner. It's the right move. Later on, Zuckerberg relocates the company to Palo Alto on Parker's advice. Saverin remains in New York to work on business development. Which I never understood. I don't know. He had an internship. He so did, he but he also quit he the internship. And he said, I was riding the subways for 14 hours a day. It's, I don't think you're very good at this, Eduardo. <laughs> you should probably map your meetings better so you don't have to spend that much time on the subway. Or come out to Palo Alto and be a part of this thing. Makes way more sense. But he's trying to secure advertisers for, for Facebook, even though Zuckerberg's like, no, we can't have advertisers because we're cool. Zuckerberg really likes being cool. Yeah, you could tell. Because he's never experienced it before. Yeah. He's like, I'm cool now. No ads. Ads aren't cool. I know what cool is. Look at me. I'm Mark Zuckerberg, the epitome of cool. I'm pretty sure that it was Eduardo Saverin in this movie who had the one line of, fuck you, flip-flops. <laughs> yeah, It just sums up how cool Mark Zuckerberg is. Yeah. Parker later moves into the house that Zuckerberg is using as a base of operations and becomes more involved with the company, much to Saverin's annoyance. Then go out there, Eduardo! Right? Just show up. Be like, hey, I'm here now. Get this guy out of here. Napster guy's got to go. So what, what did we learn from Napster? You made a big thing, and then you got sued into oblivion. Because he was trying to give away Metallica's best episodes for free. <laughs> it came back. That was a good callback, Dave. Uh, I'm proud of you. This movie has me like in a weird place. You like, can't give away the best right episodes now. for free. Because I'm like thinking back on this entire thing, and like I'm getting angry at Eduardo. Because the whole movie is based around him and the Winklevoss twins suing Mark, and that's kind of the framework right. around it. Right. But Eduardo is really bad at his job. He is bad at his job, but Zuckerberg's also a huge dickhead. He's a so complete like... dickhead, but he also gave Eduardo plenty of warning shots, saying, like, you got to come out here or else you're going to get left behind. That's true. That's true. Like, what more Eduardo could you want? really had every chance to join them in, in Palo Alto and be a part of the company. But he was also, I really you know, don't understand Eduardo. I don't, I don't know. He had a crazy girlfriend in New York that probably wouldn't let him leave. She's nuts. We'll get there. While competing in the 2004 Henley Royal Regatta for Harvard against the Hollandia Royal Club, the Winklevoss twins discover that Facebook has expanded to Europe with Oxford, Cambridge, and LSE, and decides they have to sue the company for intellectual property theft. This scene is so masterfully shot. It is absolutely insane because it showed up on the screen i was like that is the worst miniature work i've ever seen and then i found out it ain't miniature work baby miniatures. Yeah. they did that fun little trick where you put the focus on 
whatever the object is center of the screen, then you kind of yeah lose the focus that goes around the edges of it to make it look like a miniature. And then they put on an editing masterclass. Yeah. It is ridiculously well done. I still don't understand the reason for the making it look like a miniature. Artistic choice. So you know, I know what? I'm going to make people go, this is a miniature. Maybe because it, it puts you in the mindset of this is not real. And then they immediately go, but it looks super real. And then it makes it look even more real than it is. Or it could be that the Winklevoss twins, the towers that are these creepy boys. Yeah. Are actually just as small. As they feel on the inside. Oh. With, I don't fucking know, man. I'm six foot two, 200 pounds, and there's two of me. It's a weird, weird thing to say. <laughs> it's a real weird thing to it's say. It's a really weird thing. Like, you're, you're treating your twin like he's a clone instead of, like, your brother. Yeah, I don't like it. I don't like it at all. Twins freak me out. Weird stuff. Twins are weird. Sorry to all the twins listening. I'm not. But you're weird. I have twins in my family, too, and I'm not apologizing to them. It's bizarre. It's unnatural. <laughs> Who Xeroxed you in the womb? Have your own fucking genes, you poser. <laughs> I don't know which twin you're talking to. <laughs> Doesn't matter. Both of them. <laughs> and you have Figure like the ones out. that are like a minute old and the other one. It's like, I never understood that one either because you know, like I'm in labor for eight hours and the other one just like, I can't even do the poppy noise with my mouth because I'm so worked up. That's the one. <laughs> like, I don't understand how that works. I got three kids. You'd think I'd figure this stuff out by now. Yeah, but each of them was, you know, born one at a time. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> hey, Doc, can we put another one up there just for science? I just want to see how this just, works. I want to see how this is going to all work out. Like, Look. sweetie, can you eat this baby like Army Hammer would do? So that when we have the, the one kid, the other one comes out right behind. Is that how it works? That's how it works. Yeah, that's how you make twins. You Cannibals always have twins because they're always eating babies to grow babies next to their babies. Right, exactly. <laughs> you know how when you're shoveling snow, how the second pass is always easier because there's there's less snow in the way? <laughs> that I imagine that's what it's like. Like, you got to... <laughs> You got to clear the, the path for the second one. That, that's why it's so much quicker. Sure. Brian, sure. <laughs> you know how, like, when you first open the mustard and you, you really have to, like, or oh, even better, hot sauce. You know how sometimes you get that little bit at the top that, like, you really The little shake. crust from the last yeah, time. The, the yeah, the crust yeah. from the last time. Once you get the crust out of the way, it's just free-flowing. But the whole plug is a totally different thing when it comes to childbirth already, Brian. The plug gets is... popped the first time. Right. However. <laughs> with twins yeah um there, there's just a whole lot more ketchup the first one i feel like struggles out because he's gotta make the the exit itself right i feel like right. the second one is just like full-blown slide. water slide <laughs> it's always sunny their day at the water <laughs> park not getting stuck in that pipe uh oh did you hear that did, did you hear that dave no more female listeners. No, they're long gone. <laughs> they're, they're, we, we lost them 100% now. They're gone. They stuck around for way too long. <laughs> we had to try. We had to I really can't try even to get tell you how many time. times I tried to put the visual image of Army Hammer's child sucking on his toes into their no, heads. You gotta, you gotta stop that. Uh, now I can stop it. Oh, please do. Now we're good. 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 That actually happened. I, I cannot get over that that actually happened. The man eats... Skin, so it's like gold member. <laughs> oh, that's a good one. Twins, Basil. Twins, twins. <laughs> Somehow, 
full full circle. Meanwhile, Saffron objects to Parker making business decisions for Facebook and freezes the company's bank account in the resulting dispute. It's not really a dispute. They have a fight by the pool, and then he leaves. He, uh, yeah. Like, he shows up in Palo Alto like he should have done months prior, and he's like, oh, this fucking guy's here? I'm gone. Guy lives there now. That's just rude. Maybe just, like, stay and, and make, make Mark realize that he's a dickhead. Not gonna like, ever happen, and you like know even, that. Even Lars is like, stop giving away my episodes for free. <laughs> he relents when Zuckerberg reveals that they have secured $500,000 from angel investor Peter Thiel. That's a good chunk of change. Facebook's got half a million dollars to, 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 you know, do their thing. So all of a sudden, Eduardo's $1,000 isn't looking like a huge investment anymore. No, it's not. I mean, you got Peter Thiel on your side now. You're pretty much set. Saverin becomes enraged when he discovers that the new investment deal allows his share of Facebook to be diluted from 34% down to 0.03% while maintaining the ownership percentage of all the other parties. Yeah, that's a shitty business deal you cut there, bud. Super shitty. Also, like, read contracts before you sign them, guys. You should. He's like, I thought that he was my contract. Like, that's a stupid thing to think. You literally walked into this office (laughs) that you didn't even know was being set up for the first time because you will not come out to Palo Alto. Just walked in like, oh, yeah, this guy's definitely my lawyer. What? For what it's worth, yes, Mark set him up. But also, he's the right person to set up because he seems dumb enough to pull this on. I wonder how much of it was Mark's idea and how much of it was like Justin Timberlake being like, you know what you could do. I don't think that Justin Timberlake had that idea at all. Okay. I just have that feeling. I feel like someone smarter than Justin Timberlake in this movie said, this is the plan. He went, yeah, dog. Yeah, dog. (laughs) <laughs> it was probably Peter Thiel. Probably could have been. I mean, you're meeting with Peter Thiel as the, and you're the business manager of this up and coming company. Like, you <laughs> fucked up so hard, Eduardo. Maybe you're you're not even the villain of this movie. You're just kind of the sap. He's not. He is. He's kind of the fall guy. Yeah. Set him up, knock him down. You know, the way they treat him makes me feel like maybe the Winklevoss twins did get a bad deal here. You know? No, they wore suits. It's not a Thursday afternoon. (laughs) Not for a job (laughs) interview. Saverin confronts Zuckerberg and Parker, and Saverin vows to sue Zuckerberg before being ejected from the building. Gotta lawyer up, asshole. (laughs) So good. It's a great reading. Andrew Garfield, just absolutely crushing it in this scene. He's a great actor. The fact that he, like, raises a fist to Justin Timberlake, and for a second you're like, Andrew Garfield could beat up Justin Timberlake. But that's the best part about it, is that he raises his fist. Justin Timberlake cowers back and he goes, I like standing next to you. Makes me feel tough. Like, that is well done, man. Well Well done. done. Saverin's name is removed from the masthead as co-founder and CFO. Later, Parker is apprehended for cocaine possession at a party celebrating one million users. He attempts to blame Saverin, so Zuckerberg cuts ties with him, telling him to go home. You can't blame Saverin. Dude's never been in Palo Alto. (laughs) Right. How could Saverin have, have set you up? That's silly. But then he also says, like, this is going to be news now. Like, yeah, gonna, I guess so. Of course so. it is. Well, well, somebody on the, on the board at Facebook is arrested for, for cocaine possession and hanging out with a bunch of minors. Everyone on the board of every tech company does cocaine. The difference <laughs> is they don't get caught. They don't usually do it at, at college parties with minors, though. That's very true. Usually. <laughs> usually. Bill Gates couldn't pull it off. He no, does it in the no, comfort of his be- own home. Right. Chopping lines on his mirror. 
Like an adult. Like an adult would. Like a rich adult does. <laughs> he doesn't need minors in order for him to feel like he's a, a big boy. That's right. He's like, I- I'm Bill fucking Gates. They got an impersonator for me to do a speech in this movie. Was it the same Bill Gates impersonator from Nathan for you? Because that would have been have, very good. The guy who looks I nothing no like Bill idea. Gates? No, because this guy actually did look like Bill Gates. Oh, okay. <laughs> the problem was he wasn't an actor, so they actually had to have somebody else deliver his address to the, the, Jeez. To the class. Did you ever see that last episode of Nathan for you? No. Where he goes on like the, the hunt for the Bill Gates impersonator's like, ex-lover or something like that? It's really good. <laughs> it sounds pretty excellent. That whole show's excellent. I have seen the rehearsal. Rehearsal is amazing. I have not watched Nathan for you. Rehearsal is one of the best shows from last year. I have no problem it's saying that. Absolutely wild. Go watch that. Yeah, go watch both. Nathan Fielder's a treat. Yeah. You know what? Anything that has a Bill Gates impersonator in it, watch it. Yeah, you should. Probably great. You should. In separate depositions, the Winklevoss twins claim that Zuckerberg stole their idea, while Saverin claims his shares of Facebook were unfairly diluted when the company was incorporated. Marilyn Delpy, played by Rashida fucking Jones. Yeah, she's here too. A junior lawyer for the defense informs Zuckerberg that they're going to settle with Saverin since... The sordid details of Facebook's founding and Zuckerberg's callous attitude will make him unsympathetic to a jury. It doesn't matter if you are right or wrong. You're an asshole, and the jury's going to clock you as an asshole, and you're not going to win. No, it's true, but she also says a a strange line here. She's like, you're not an asshole. Stop trying so hard to be one. It's like, no, that's the wrong read. He's a complete asshole. He's definitely an asshole. (laughs) Like, Dennis Leary probably looks at him and goes, God, I got beat. Ah, uh, sucking down quarter pound cheeseburgers in the non-biodegradable containers, styrofoam containers, <laughs> yep. throwing them out the window. But that Zuckerberg guy, man, he, he, he's worse. He's so much worse. Honestly, I think they included that line just so like- Zuckerberg doesn't sue? Zuckerberg wouldn't <laughs> sue. But he would be unsympathetic to a jury because he'd be like, wow, accurate. That's more scathing of a review of the American legal system than it is Zuckerberg, though. That's true. Also, she can ask one question and completely form the way the jury thinks. Yeah. And that, I mean, that's even if Zuckerberg was in the right the whole way through, he's not going to win this case. No, no. So no. they're going to settle. Alone in the conference room, Zuckerberg sends a Facebook friend request to Albright and repeatedly refreshes the page. It's such a sad ending. It's so sad. He's a sad, lonely man. He is just sitting in this conference room alone. Finds Albright, the Albright lady, the Rooney Mara. The Rooney Mara from the beginning of the movie. And it's just refreshing. Just refreshing. And I like how that's when they cut, too. Yeah. It's such a smart move not having her accept or oh yeah, whatever it is. Because obviously he is so locked into the site that I like how, I mean, it's a good 30 seconds to a minute of her not accepting. It shows that other people have other lives outside of this website. Right. It's nice. It's a good touch. And that is The Social Network from 2010, directed by David fucking Venture, written by Aaron fucking Sorkin. This is really good. It's super good. Nine. Nine. Uh, yeah, nine. Casting. It's ridiculously good also. Inspired. Jesse Eisenberg was the perfect choice. Absolutely. He has the same kind of OCD, nervous energy tendencies, which I always say about Eisenberg, but just it's... Spot on for Zuckerberg. Nine again. At one point, Shia LaBeouf was approached for the role, and that would have been bad. Would have been a big mistake. Also, Jonah Hill 
apparently. <laughs> the biggest for, mistake. For Sean Parker. Oh, okay. No, not as been... big a mistake, but I don't like it. But not as good as, as yeah. Timberlake. I think Nine for Jonah Hill for Mark Zuckerberg. Like, what the fuck are they doing? <laughs> it would have definitely changed the whole tone of the movie. Oh, absolutely. Protagonist. I guess it's Zuckerberg. Uh, is it? He is the lead of this movie. It That's is true. Founding Facebook. He sucks, though. He sucks so hard, but he's supposed to suck. But he's supposed to suck. So they really kind of nailed him sucking. I think I want to go eight, and I don't know why. Because he is supposed to suck. Yeah, he's supposed to be just the absolute worst, and he is. But the he's problem is so that there's like insufferable. nothing endearing about him. He feels like Frank Burns from the first five seasons of MASH, where there is literally nothing <laughs> endearing no about this character. redeeming qualities here, except other... I mean, the only thing you could say about him is that he's, he's driven, passionate about his, his little He's website. vengeful, if nothing else. But yeah, it's mostly done out of spite. And then just, you know, the idea of appearing cool. Nine again. Nine. And I think it's because of Eisenberg's performance. I want to give him a lot of credit. Like, I, I, he was yeah. unbelievable. He was so good. Antagonist. Your guess is as good as mine, because I, I feel like a lot of the time we say that the protagonist is the antagonist, and it keeps happening. We do say that a lot, and a lot of the times, it is, especially in these, these more uh, biographical movies. Sure. These more character-driven movies. Well, I don't know about that, because if you look at something like Walk Hard, it's the Dewey Cox story. Like, the protagonist is Dewey Cox, the titular character. Yeah. The antagonist smells. It's kind of Dewey Cox. Machetes. It's Dewey Cox not, not getting out of his own way. Oh, God. It's not like it's the music industry or his dad. Oh, it is his dad a little bit. A little his bit. His dad can't hold him back. His dad inspires him. Exactly. Wrong kid died. Wrong kid died. <laughs> Wrong website got made. <laughs> That's probably true, actually. So maybe the antagonist is just society as a whole. The society. <laughs> society. The Facebook itself is the antagonist. It's the the. The is the antagonist. They cleaned it up midway through. Thank God. Uh, the American legal system is the antagonist. I have no clue, man. Intellectual property. Andrew Garfield. Not Eduardo Saverin. Andrew Garfield <laughs> yeah, is the antagonist. <laughs> <laughs> All right, because it's very complicated and confusing, I think I'm only going to go seven. I think it's, yeah. It's, it could go a few different ways, and that's kind of weird. <laughs> and I, I, I feel like it's us copping out saying that, no, we don't want to make Mark Zuckerberg also the antagonist. Mark Zuckerberg versus the world. It could be, because Mark Zuckerberg is very much not in his own way. No, no. He's the only thing that's super consistent in this movie, actually. Six. Six. I like how we're like begrudgingly lowing it every yeah, time. Yeah, I don't feel good about it, but it does. Sorry. It feels low, yeah, but it does. It's hard to place who the antagonist is. Screenplay. Aaron fucking Sorkin turned into a masterpiece. Aaron fucking Sorkin. There's a line in this that's so good where they're talking about Mark Zuckerberg being the biggest thing on campus that included 19 Nobel laureates, 15 Pulitzer Prize winners, two future Olympians, and a movie star. And then one of the lawyers is like, who is the movie star? Like, does it matter? I like when he smirks as, no. Like, he no. was just curious about it. I love that. I do have a problem with that, because it's Natalie Portman, and it does matter, because it's Natalie Portman. <laughs> Fair enough. So it's not going to get an 11. It's not going to get an 11, because they, they besmirched the name of Natalie Portman. You can't do that. So uh, Fun uh, fact, yeah. Natalie Portman actually threw a dinner party for Aaron Sorkin, inviting friends from Harvard that were there at that time, so he could get firsthand accounts of 
social life at Harvard. Well, it must have been a shitty meal. It must have been a terrible dinner party because he was like, you know what? We're going to say Natalie Portman doesn't matter in the movie. Ten. Ten. It's it's I like it's I said so ten good. like it's a low number. Like, <laughs> as high as you can get Fine. without we'll going over the top. Only give it a perfect score. It's one of the best screenplays in the past twenty years. Twenty years? Yeah. I mean it's it's so good. It really is. Ten four screenplay. Let's talk about style and tone. David Fincher put on a clinic. Yeah, oh absolutely. There are certain things in this movie. That have no business being in a movie about the creating of a website. Like, That's stylistically, it makes no very sense. Very true. Uh, Zuckerberg planned to never see this movie. And then he eventually did. And what he said about it is that despite the film's inaccuracies, they fucking nailed his clothes. I kind of want to go a nine. There's some really I, special moments here. Even when Aaron Sorkin talks about this movie, he, he talks about how it is a dramatization of the people involved in the creation of this website, not so much the true telling of the story of how the website got made. Sure. And stylistically, this movie crushes that. It does because, again, this is a movie about the creation of a website. There's nothing sexy about that. No, but there's a scene where people are coding and doing shots, and it's, like, so much fun. And the regatta scene. That's a lot of director. The regatta scene is, Let's go. I want to go nine for style and tone, and another nine for director. Ooh, just getting right to right it. Right to it, man. We're, I mean, Style and Tone gets nines. mixed in with the director quite often. And quite I feel often. like the way that Fincher directed these actors, he does a really, really good job getting oh, the yeah. most out of them. Yeah, and it's great because you're, you're telling a story about real people, but it is a stylized version of this story. It is an interpretation. So he forbade the actors from meeting their real-life counterparts. Which I love. Which is great. But I also have to imagine, since it's an Aaron Sorkin movie, that it's word perfect. Oh, absolutely. Because West Wing is famously word perfect. And when I say word perfect, it means that you do not go off of the script. Right, right. Hard stop. We are not improvising. That's none. Why you don't get a a Jonah Hill in this movie. Yeah, that's very fair. (laughs) He doesn't even know how to read. Yeah, full blown nine here (laughs) for for David Fincher. It's just, it's one of the best directed films again of the past 20 years. He sent Army Hammer and the body double Josh Pence to twin boot camp for 10 months to learn everything about the Winklevoss twins and each other. About being so a could, twin? I hate it. So they could mimic each other. It takes, that that's what, should tell you something, that it takes two grown adults 10 months to learn how to be twins. <laughs> I'll take some creepy, nine in the man. womb to learn how to look like each other. I'm pretty sure that's how it works. <laughs> yeah, something like that. All right, nines Doing for like style and tone and Harpo director. Marx mirror routine in a uterus. <laughs> Why am I picturing this with like 50s style cartoon characters? It's not. It's just 30 style blonde wig with a horn in his belt and a big he, ha- top hat. But I'm picturing it animated. The duck soup mirror routine. <laughs> For some reason, I'm picturing it like Cuphead style. Oh, just that's really two, good. Though. Two little embryos. I love it so much. And now all of a sudden I like twins again. Yeah. That's know. all it took was to all stylize them. <laughs> and twins are in. Next category is music. Now, I want to address this or the, the bad here. Okay. This is one of my favorite film soundtracks slash scores ever made. It is really fucking good. Trent Reznor, Atticus Ross, they are 
one of the biggest duos in terms of film music today. Yeah. And if we like talk soul, I'll start crying, but it's on another fucking level also. Yeah. This is insanely good. It is super good. Jeff Miners reached out to us and he asked us, what are our top three favorite film soundtracks of all time? Oh, that's, this that's is tough. definitely one of mine. Okay. I think that I would put 78 Superman. Oh, that's a list. good one. That's a good one. And I think that I would put Tron Legacy Daft Punk. Ooh. And I think I'd also probably put Cat Stevens, Harold and Maude. Okay. Yeah. What else would be in your top three? Keep going. I think I would also put in my <laughs> top three Jurassic Park. Oh, Jurassic Gone Park is again. good. You're it's really good. place in your top three. Yeah. <laughs> or in no particular order. No particular really. order. These are all top threes. Yeah, that's a good top three. This is definitely top six of my top three. I feel like, oh, well, which one? And of course, Spider-Man or Spider-Man of course, two? of course, I'd put Flash Gordon. Flash Gordon. Oh, you have to include Flash Gordon. I would probably throw uh, either Guardians of the Galaxy in there or, uh, or a Baby Driver for, for a more uh, soundtrack- Instead of score, if you're if you're going from that angle, sure, maybe um, oh, maybe a Forrest Gump. Forrest Gump's really good. Forrest Gump is a really good one. Uh, you know, Batman '89, also great. Danny fucking Elfman. Danny fucking Elfman. Speaking of which, Spider Man, Spider Man Two. There you go. That gets it from both sides, score and and the, the emo soundtrack. Jeff, we've given you enough. Leave us alone. Yeah. So there's our top threes. <laughs> Nailed it. Uh, with this one, perfect ten. It's a 10. It's absolutely a 10. Next up, we have box office, which we have adjusted for inflation. Again? Um, no, it's, it's the oh, same okay. as it was last week, but, uh, you know, we'll see. Oddly enough, uh, last week we talked about Dude, Where's My Car, which had a 563% return on, on budget. This movie was a $40 million budget and made a worldwide gross of $224.9 <laughs> million, which is... 562%, just 1% shy of Dude, Where's My Car? Yeah, I can't believe that. <laughs> but that is going to give it a 10. Uh, it came out the same week as a bunch of weird mo- Case 39, Let Me In. It didn't really have a lot of uh, competition at the box office. No, nope, and that's fair. Unseated Wall Street, Money Never Sleeps. Oh, and well, the Legend of it. the Guardians, the Owls of whatever. Sure. It, I mean, it came out in a weird year, too. 2010's a very weird year for movies. 2010 is a weird year. The King's Speech did win Best Picture. Yeah. I don't want to say against all odds. It's a good movie, but is it a Best Picture movie? I don't know what that even means yeah. anymore, though. I don't know. I don't know. It also only came out like two weeks after The Town. Yeah, which is also a really good movie. Which is a great movie. Yeah. Which is It's surprising that it was already down to fourth at the box office at this time. That is surprising. So. But Roger Ebert did see this movie. And the only spot I can find a review was on his year's best feature films list. And he did Ooh. rank this as the number one film. Well, there you go. A lot of critics did. He said, here's a film about how people relate to their corporate roles and demographic groups rather than to each other as human beings. That's the fascination for me. Not the rise of social networks, but the lives of those who are socially networked. Mark Zuckerberg, who made billions from Facebook and plans to give most of it away, isn't driven by greed or the lust for power. He's driven by obsession with an abstract system. He could as well be a chess master like Bobby Fischer. He finds satisfaction mm. in manipulating systems. Okay, yeah. I, they, actually, that, that checks out with the manipulating systems. 
Because, you know, Facebook's still doing that to this day. It very much is. <laughs> the box office perfect 10. Definitely 10 for box office. Which moves us to the final category, impact on the industry. I don't know. Nominated for eight Academy Awards, Best Picture, Best Director, Best Actor, Best Cinematography, Best Sound Mixing, and it won three for Best Adapted Screenplay, Best Original Score, and Best Film Editing. I don't know with this one. It's hard to say because a lot of people list this as like the best movie of the decade. They do, and I feel like it is deserved to be on a list. I don't know if it's the best without putting a lot of thought behind it. It's hard to say. A lot of lists rank this in top three with like... uh, Fury Road and well, Fury Road's amazing. I still haven't seen it, so you maybe know, one day. Dot dot dot. <laughs> <laughs> what has it done for the industry since? It's it's hard to say what it's done. Um, they've there's been talks as recently as 2020 of a sequel. Why? Sorkin has said that there's plenty of material for a sequel, and Eisenberg has agreed that he'd be interested to return. But Sorkin has also stated that he will only return if Fincher is directing. So I don't think there should be a sequel to this thing. I, I there's think, no reason. I you don't have to, but you, you fair could. enough if you could put it that way. You could <laughs> because a lot has happened at Facebook in the last twelve years. You're not wrong about that. I feel like the impact on the industry for this movie this does go down as a lot of people's favorite movie of the decade. But is it top of mind? Is the thing that's a good question. I feel like people forget about this movie until it's brought up and they're like oh yeah that's a super good movie i love that movie fuck it eight yeah that's sounds right fuck it eight that is going to give the social network a total score of 89 dodged a bullet barely yeah because rotten tomatoes it is a 96 okay but the audience score is an 87 i think we're fair with this one we're we're yeah i think we did all right there. Right in that wheelhouse. This is a great pick from you, man. Hey, thanks. I, uh, you know, I use social networks, so it, it felt appropriate. Well, speaking of social networks, I'm just going to dive into Mike Lanham's question here. He considers this possibly a top five film of all time for him. Yep. But he asked us, marry, fuck, kill. He's bringing it back. Oh, wow. Facebook, Twitter, Reddit. <laughs> I'm, I'm very ready to just kill Twitter. I'm very ready to kill Facebook. That's true, too. Can At least kill... Twitter's a bit of a source of entertainment right now as it lights That's true. on fire. You know what? I think I want to marry Reddit. I do, too. I think I want to fuck Twitter and kill Facebook. I think I'm done with Facebook. I fully agree. But then Mike Lanham raised the stakes, and oh? he said, marry, fuck, kill. The dead edition um, okay. of AIM, MySpace, <laughs> and Vine. <laughs> Oh, man. I miss Tom. Remember remember when the creator of your social network just was your friend? He was your friend then, automatically. And didn't want to, like, you know, alter election results or <laughs> send rockets <laughs> to the moon or whatever. Yep. He just the good old out. days. The he good just old wore days. a white t-shirt and looked over his shoulder. Like, just I'm here you, for you. Like, hey, I'm your friend. Uh, I'm, that said, I'm going to kill MySpace because it was, it was never really my thing. It was mine, but it got weird. Like, oh, yeah. the top I mean, eight was, like, a big deal. Uh, see, that's... The top eight being a big deal is the reason I was like, no thanks, and I had LiveJournal instead. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, kill MySpace. Fuck Vine, Mary Aim. Again, I completely agree. Yeah. 
Well, there you go, I guess. All right. Thank you, Mike. Well, with that, I guess that means it's time for uh, Dave. Why don't you beer me a movie? I'm going to beer you all a movie. Okay. But I'm also going to take advantage of Brian on this one. Oh, why am I being taken advantage of? Are you an army hammer? I got my toes out ready for you. Ugh. So a small group of us friends are doing a 52-week movie challenge. we got to watch a new movie from uh, the past 52 years. Right. Once a week. Yep. The way to do it. It has to be a movie you've never seen before. And I decided that we've kind of flirted with a bad movie with like Jack and Jill already. We've flirted right. with really good movies like The Social Network and Apollo 13. Yeah. Critically acclaimed stuff. And I feel like it's time that we try to break the scale the other way. Okay. And we're going to be talking about a movie that is so rare for someone not to have seen at this point that Brian watching it with fresh eyes is going to be such a unique take. Oh, Because boy. next week, Brian, I'm making an offer you can't refuse. Oh, wow. Because we are going to be talking about 1972's The Godfather. The Godfather. Ranked as one of the top films ever. Ever made on ever. just about every list you can find. Made. And yeah. Brian has never seen I it. I have never seen it. And it's been giving Dave serious anxiety in our little group because there's a year we can't do because I haven't seen The Godfather. <laughs> and it's about time that you see this movie. It's uh, way past due. And I kind of saw this coming one way or another. <laughs> it had to happen. It did have to happen. I guess I'll take it off my list. I think that's a very fair <laughs> move. But next week, The uh, Godfather. Until then, rate, review, subscribe. Join us on Patreon this month for Bear Me a Board Game, our PAX recap from two months ago when we went to Philly and you know played board games. I feel like I finally sobered up from it. Enough to talk <laughs> <Finally>. about it. <laughs> uh you can follow us on our the social media at Beer Me a Movie <laughs> on on all of the things except for Twitter where we're at Beer Me a Movie Pod and uh, you know we put up posts asking for your your questions and or comments and so, I've already read a whole bunch of them but we got we one have. more one more okay it is from Phil Hawkins all right and he asks us what does a grip do which is the right question what does a grip do do they just hold the mic no that's not a grip at all. That's, That's not sound. A grip. Does that That's they, sound? They hold the boom mic. Uh, what a grip does is they're like a fluffer, but they don't let go. <laughs> uh, I feel like I need more detail. <laughs> they're not like that at all. That would just be someone literally holding a, a dong. That's just just, That's just... <laughs> aggressively holding it. <laughs> Some weird. Not power. jerking at no, just all. Just, just holding it. Holding it. <laughs> I know what a grip does is. Uh, they're part of kind of grip and electric or hand in hand, and they're the ones who set up the rigs, like the lighting rigs for the electricians to wire up and make all your lights set up the flags to bounce light, however it might need to be bounced. That's what Why they do. Why do they call it a grip? They call it a grip. And if you go the other way with it, like the electrical, you have like the gaffer is the one in charge of all that stuff. Right. But then there's also like the best boy grip, which I feel like is just like the, the face only a mother could love type title. Let's see. Oh, you're the best boy. It's when you need to instill a little bit of confidence in your Jesse Eisenberg on set. Uh, well, having been there, it's when you need to instill a little bit of nepotism on set. <laughs> <laughs> you're the best boy. Thanks, Dad. Can I be union now? <laughs> yeah, so if you have any questions like that, you can you can send them to, to 
Spear Me a Movie on all of the social media. I'll answer all of your filmmaking questions. He's got all the answers. I got a lot of them. And if you've got something more in-depth or or something you want to keep a little more secret, you can always send that to beermeamoviepod at gmail.com. And don't forget, if you're listening to this the day it comes out, today's your last day to get in your picks for this month for the listener pick. It's true. Uh, So, like, for example, if your movie got picked last month and you haven't picked Replacement yet, maybe do that. Or, like, if you had a Christmas movie selected last month and you haven't replaced that, maybe... Maybe get to us, <clears throat> Johnny, <clears throat> Michael, please, Warren. <clears throat> <laughs> Real subtle. <laughs> <laughs> we are up to like 30-something movies on that list, though. So, And Point Break is on there a lot. Yeah, multiple people have that as their choice right now. So, Yep. It's got so, some pretty good odds. <laughs> it's got great odds. <laughs> Brian, you got anything else? That is it for me. Fantastic. Next week, Brian finally gets to watch... The Godfather. We'll see you then. How cool would it be if after all this time, Brian hates The Godfather? Tune in next week to find out.